Welcome to Diverse, a Society of Women Engineers podcast. SWE gives women engineers a unique place and voice within the engineering community. On Diverse, we highlight the incredible thought leaders and personalities in our community and discover who they are at home, at work, and in between. You can find all of our podcast episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. Hi, I'm your host, Sarah Koenig, and welcome to Diverse, a Sweet podcast. Please remember to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Diverse Podcast. In celebration of Asian American and Pacific Islander, or AAPI, Heritage Month, SWE is highlighting AAPI women engineers who came to the U.S. as international students. Today, we will learn more about their experience with cold winters and define the expectations of Asian culture. I am eager to hear about their experiences, so let's jump in. I am joined today by Nora Lin and Dr. Vidya Chamundaswari Narasimhan. I'm Sarah Koenig, and I'm an Associate Director for Manufacturing Cost Modeling at Pratt & Whitney, a division of Raytheon Technologies. Thank you all for joining us today. Okay, so let's jump right in. Nora, can you please introduce yourself? Sure, Sarah. My name is Nora Lane. Um, it's my great pleasure to be part of this podcast. I was born and raised in Taiwan. I came to the U.S. for graduate school study at the University of Kansas. I married a year later, moved to Alabama, and finished my master's degree in physics from the University of Alabama at Birmingham. After working in the defense industry for 35 years, I retired from North Grumman as a chief engineer in 2018. I have joined the SWE for over 25 years. I am a sweet fellow and a life member. I also served as the society president in 2009 and 2010. Currently, I am still actively involved in SWE in various capacities. I know that you're very involved in our Asian Connections Affinity Group, and I've really gotten, uh, I've really enjoyed getting to know you better through that. Um, and thank you so much for your service to SWE. Vidya, can you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. First of all, as Nora mentioned, I am honored to be a part of today's podcast, and I'm very, very excited to share my experiences with the SWE group. I'm from India, the southern part of India, Chennai, and I spent the first 20 years of my life there in India. I first came to the U.S. during pursuing my master's degree as a research intern. I interned at MIT Harvard Affiliated Lab for about seven months in 2013, and that was clearly a defining period of setting my career pathway ahead. I had to return back to Asia to pursue my doctorate after the internship, and then re-entered the U.S. to find my footing in the cellular agriculture space back in 2019. I joined this amazing startup focusing on changing the future of food and I'm still growing with them. Well, that's where I am currently in my career. I joined SWE in 2018 and have been affiliated with the Asian Community Affinity Group and the Young Women Global Professionals Affinity Group for most of my time here. 
And I look forward to be actively involved in various capacities in this decade. Well, we are glad to have you involved in SWE on this podcast. The Affinity Group has been a great community for many of us. I'm sure that we all agree. So you both came to the U.S. while you were in college. I know growing up in the, in the United States, going to college is often the first time that students in the USA live away from home. You both amplified that experience by not only moving away from home, but from your home countries. So what was that experience like you know, living with others in a house or a dorm as an international student? Nora, do you want to give your perspective first? Sure. This question brings back some old, old memories. I lived in a co-op dormitory during my first year in the U.S. My roommate was a Caucasian girl, and we got along pretty well. The co-op arrangement in the dorm was a new concept to me. Most of the students behaved well and followed the housing rules. Some students were sexually active, and that made me somewhat uncomfortable. The dormitory food tasted good at the beginning, but, you know, having a taste of Chinese food all my life, so the dormitory food went uh, downhill pretty quickly. There were many Chinese graduate students at the University of Kansas. Some married and stayed in school-provided apartments. Cooking and eating Chinese food with a small group of friends at one of the married couple's apartments were the highlights of every weekend. You know, the internet, email, and the cell phone had not been invented when I was in school. International long-distance phone calls were very, very expensive. You know, we are talking about something like $2 per minute. So no one had the money to call home to chat unless there was an emergency. All the communications with friends and families in Taiwan were through uh, written letters, which took about a week to deliver. Not too bad, but still, uh, it's not immediate feedback. Fortunately, at that time, I had a sister living in Omaha, Nebraska, which is only about three hours of driving distance from the school. And I could stay with her family when the dorms were closed for holidays and breaks. I didn't feel lonely or homesick because I had the support from many friends and my sister. Compared with many other international students, I was pretty lucky and blessed. Yeah, it's a, we are very spoiled today by having tools like Zoom and FaceTime to talk to our friends and family in other countries. That must have been a very different video. How about your uh, first experience? Sure. So uh, as you mentioned, Sarah, I uh, have been fortunate to be um, first entering the U.S. in an era where technological advancements were available, such as, you know, video conferencing, Skype, etc. The, these platforms were very much available for me to like connect with family back home. That was a very, uh, I would say, looking back, a positive feeling. My experience, however, was not ideally that of a student, despite working in one of the MIT affiliated research labs in Boston. However, in terms of living conditions, I shared accommodation with a few fellow students from institutions back in India 
who had also come into the US for internships and to gain more research experience. So to start off with, there was some common grounds there, I would say. I was already exposed to living in hostel back in India with bare minimal sanitary conditions and sometimes rodent infestation during my undergrad times. So my, my mindset when I came to the US was that it can't be worse than that. You know what? I had mostly positive experiences and memories of you know sharing accommodation with folks who eventually became friends. And together, we kind of donned the responsibility of like literally running a house, cooking, cleaning, laundry, taking care of people if they were unwell, getting to work, getting back from work, weekend grocery runs. When I look back, it feels like those were the days. Yeah, finding a community in college is so important. And I'm glad that you both were able to find that. Something else that I'm curious about is winters. So winter, something that I've always known because I I grew up in the Northeast of the United States. Vidya, since you came to New England, which happens to be you know, where I live too, I'm curious to know what your first experience with a cold winter was like. Sure. The time that I spent in Boston, that was my first exposure to a real winter. So when I say real, I mean really harsh winter. So the first few days kind of disappeared with the stress to find accommodation, et cetera. And I finally, when I moved in to the apartment with seven international students, uh, came one of the worst winter storms that that area had ever seen. So we were literally stuck in a house with fellow students who were as clueless as I was in terms of what to do. Is there someone we can approach? Uh, when will the snow be cleared? Why is it snowing like this? We just didn't know. The house owners could not even drive to come and help us out because uh, the roads were blocked and stuff like that. So nothing could happen literally until the snow was cleared. And we had no clue as to when things would become a little brighter, you know. I would say that we were lucky in a way we did have some basic provisions and grocery supplies at home. To top this up, I remember the heating unit stopped working too. And uh, the rest of those two days and nights is still somewhat blurry to me as how we made it and persevered through that cold. Looking back, I think some of the major issues were, number one, uh, no support system or lack of accessibility to medical advice when we first came here. It was almost for all of us the first trip away from our home country. So there was a lot of, how do I put it, anticipation, excitement at the same time, the, the stress and the fear factor was kicking in. And we barely had any resources on whom to approach, what are the precautions to be taken for any unforeseen circumstances, etc. So as I progressed through those initial harsh winter months, spring finally came in. But yes, I would say that I also began to understand the meaning of this term called cultural shock. It hit me in many ways, such as, you know, the first exposure to a co-living concept, not feeling entirely like a student because I was not a part of any university, just the affiliated laboratory space and no support to even like understand what supplies were available to like navigate through a winter. So yeah, that was my initial first experience to winter. We have a saying baptism by fire. And that seems to be how we introduced you to uh, winters in the new, in the Northeast. Totally. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, certainly a harsh introduction to winter. But Nora, I know you started out in the United States in Kansas. So I've never been to the Midwest in the winter, but I've heard stories. So what was your first winter like? Well, the winter in Kansas is just as bad as that in Chicago. In other words, it is cold. But I can say my first winter experience was much better than Vidya's. <laughs> it was my first time seeing snow and the frozen uh, lakes. The scenery was so beautiful when everything was covered by two feet of snow, just like what was shown on some Christmas cards. However, the street and the sidewalks became uh, meshy and slushy when the snow started melting. That was not too desirable. I was fooled a few times by the bright sunshine and thought the outdoor temperature probably was okay. Oh my God, when I was out, I felt I was about to freeze to death and the gusty wind was like a knife scraping my skin. I quickly learned how to dress for the weather based on the outdoor temperature and the winter factor. I also learned to dress in layers so that I could take a layer or two off once I was indoor. A friend of mine and I tried to walk on a frozen pond for fun once. Only in a few steps, my friend slipped, fell backward, and hit his head on the ice. That hurt a lot. He did get a bump on the back of his head, but fortunately, he was not injured. Later, we learned that that was actually a dangerous thing to do because if the ice was too thin to hold our weight, we could uh, fall into the pond and potentially die. Driving on an icy road was scary and extremely stressful. It took me a while to master my driving skills, icy roads. Till this day, I prefer not driving on bad weather especially when it is sleeping or snowing. Winter is not my favorite season. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so for any of us. And if it makes you feel any better, Nora, I still get tricked by the cold winters and the sunshine and think that I can dress a lot uh, differently than I actually can. So finding bonds with colleagues is often a starting point in building relationships with them which can lead to a happier and more productive work environment. Um, Nora, did you have any difficulty relating to your colleagues? Well, I have actually very good experience with um, you know, many of my coworkers. To me, having an open mind and getting to know people at a personal level help understand colleagues' perspectives and build relationships. Many people said, you need to know football or play golf in order to blend into American society or be accepted at a workplace. I disagree with that. I don't play sports and don't watch any sports on TV. However, I love to see musicals and the movies and watch TV shows such as Iron Chef, Fuller House, and the masterpiece like Denton Abbey and the Bridgeton. After my coworkers and I would have lively, casual conversations on movies or TV shows we had seen, 
We sometimes talk about vacation places we went and the different gourmet cuisines we tried. We didn't always agree with each other's opinions, but um, those conversations brought us closer. And as a result, we worked together better. In my early career, I worked with a group of people who ate lunch together daily. Outside the workplace, we had some family outings and parties to celebrate holidays or birthdays. It was a great environment to establish a friendship with each other. They helped me understand American history and embrace American culture and customs. My coworkers and their spouse, my coworkers and the spouses came to our house for a Chinese dinner a few times. And I taught them how to make dumplings. They also had their first hot pot dinner at our house. They were as curious about the Chinese culture as I was about American culture. They made me feel welcome. They accepted me without prejudice. This group of people worked so well together and was one of most high-performance teams I had ever worked with. I have left the company. I have left that company nearly 30 years, but I'm still in touch with some of those friends. In fact, my husband and I will go with a couple from that group to a 12 days cruise in British Isles and then a five days self guided vacation in Paris this August. We are so excited and look forward to it. Yeah, I've always heard that food serves as a connection point for people and your experience with your coworkers seems to be proof of that in action. And I'm so jealous that you're going to get to go to Paris. I really hope that you have a great time. I've spent a lot of time there. So let me know if you have any questions. Sure. Um, Vidya, how did you build connections with your coworker? I would like to add that being receptive to learning and embracing cultural diversity can sometimes be the way to connect. And for me, it paved the way to form those, you know, fostering relationships. By doing this, I also realized that a lot of cultures do revolve around similar core beliefs and, you know, celebrate days of similar significance, as I was also exposed to so many new practices and public holidays followed here in the U.S. and their history, and their backstory. So I remember having a really similar experience with public holiday practices when I lived in France, Vidya. How did you approach learning more about these new holidays? That's a great question. Looking back, I do recollect spending a lot of time online, reading about many of these holidays, their significance, and trying to like understand and identify if my culture had you know, similar counterparts to these. In the first few months in the U.S., I was exposed to my first uh, St. Patrick's Day celebrations, U.S. Independence Day, as well as uh, holidays like Memorial Day and Martin Luther King Jr. Day. To dwell deeper, I was very curious about all the green color and its association with, you know, St. Patrick's Day. Green is my favorite color. So uh, I kind of had the opportunity to sit down with a few of my colleagues and learn about how this particular day is, you know, 
a celebration or seen as a celebration of Irish culture with parades, special foods, drinking, music, and a whole lot of green. So that's just one example. I would say that I'm still learning almost a decade later and have not yet completely understood some celebrations, you know, such as Black Friday, Halloween, which I cannot like yet relate to. Yeah, you should uh, visit Nora in Chicago sometime for St. Patrick's Day with the They Will Die the River Green that goes through Chicago is an amplification of celebration there. Yeah, oh, St. Patrick's Day is one of my favorite days too. I love green color as well. <laughs> oh, nice. Good to know. So America is often referred to as land of the free and home of the brave. So coming to the United States as international students, you have the freedom to make choices that might be considered a little unconventional in Asian culture. How did it feel? Nora, can you share what it felt like for you? Sure. This is really a good question. When I came to the U.S., Taiwan was already a democratic and developed country. But it was eye-opening and liberating to see what freedom really meant in this country and how freedom could change people's lives. I loved what I saw. I was and uh, still am inspired by many trailblazers who created their unique and non-traditional pathways and defined success on their own terms. I have enjoyed and taken advantage of the freedom this country has provided to me during the past several decades. I can testify that America is surely a land of freedom and opportunities. I truly believe as long as you are willing to work hard and persist, your American dreams will come true one day. I also appreciate the right of freedom of speech. It really helps me to see other people's perspective. But in the meantime, I have learned not to believe everything I heard. In recent years, there is a lot of misinformation in social media and the streaming news networks. How to filter, uh, filter the um, facts and not be misguided is now a major challenge to society. Often I remind myself um, not to take freedom for granted. The reason Russia's invasion of Ukraine has shown us that freedom is not free. If we value freedom, we have to protect it and fight for it if needed. I agree. And Vidya, having come to the US in the past decade where streaming news and social media has been more prevalent, Uh, How did you, what's your perspective? Wow, this is a topic that I can keep talking and talking for hours and hours together. Where do I start? So, well, India is, uh, I would say, still a developing country, while US is a well-developed country, right? So I was able to see firsthand how American culture values, individual values. And it seemed to me that, you know, individual values with so much more prominent here than the family values that my culture thrives back back home. Another initial difference that I saw is how 
the culture here in the US embraces mobility while Indian culture loves more stability. To see my colleagues, fellow Americans, think of self-reliance and independence as their core thriving system uh, made me like compare that to Indians, Asians, who, you know, are more dependent on each other and, you know, function as uh, one unit together. I grew up somewhat in a conservative environment back home where we were taught to value and heed to elders' advice in decision-making processes. I saw that American culture here teaches and embraces people to make their own decisions. At first, obviously, when I came here, I was missing home, parents, and it took me a while to get out or to get comfortable living with that reality. However, as I made friends in the U.S., met people of similar age, educational background, And I realized that, you know, having that freedom as kids, as teenagers here is so essential. And I saw how it could, you know, foster building confidence, making decisions about your career, having, you know, simple things like that at that point of time, taking a break after school to explore different career pathways, to make your own set of mistakes and be completely responsible for your financial choices. All of these were things that I initially found very, very liberating to see and to kind of experience in a way. Uh, The directiveness and assertive nature that I saw in a few of my colleagues was very, very inspiring to me in a way. Wow. It's really interesting for me to hear these observations because it makes me really appreciate the things that I've always taken for granted and have always known growing up in the United States. And it's really great and interesting to hear perspectives of somebody who did not grow up in the US and discovered these as an adult. So thank you both for sharing that information. I think that's something that we could all learn a lot from. And so Nora and Vidya, thank you again for taking the time to speak with us today. I resonate with a lot of what you've shared and it confirms things that I've thought were true and known, like food being a source of connection and establishing a sense of community and just how important that sense of community is. I think now, especially when we've been apart in the pandemic for so long, it's become even more apparent and important to have that sense of community and those connections. I'm really glad that you found that when you came here as students. And I think you know, hearing your experiences, people will understand, you know, even if they weren't international students, that perspective and that understanding will, hold on, let me go back. I think that even others who weren't can, didn't come here as international students will better be able to relate to the experience that in, people who did come here as international students have had. Uh, thank you, Sarah, for having us on this podcast. I really enjoyed this conversation. I think we all learned about the culture. Uh, she, based on the shared experience, we learned to understand and uh, different experience as well. Certainly. Likewise. Thank you, Nora. Thank you, Sarah. I totally enjoyed being here today. And I will cherish this conversation for sure. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of this podcast. Yes, and I hope that we will all be able to see each other in person at a SWE event soon.
I'm Sarah Koenig. And for all of us at SWE, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Diverse. Please don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with your social network. You can keep up to date with our podcast on Instagram at SWE Diverse Podcast and on our blog, altogether at altogether.swe.org. Diverse.